Everyone, let's pray for ourselves. Ask the Lord to open up our hearts to receive His Word, to touch our hearts in a, in a, in a deep way, more than intellectual uh, things that, that hits our, 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 our mind, but something that goes into our heart that will transform us. The, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit will be among us. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is life and your word is spirit. And God, we believe in that by faith. We believe in the transforming power of God's amazing grace and love. So Lord, do a work in us today, this week, over the series of these sermons on the bed of Satan. Let us not be trapped. Enable us to break free Enable us to, to sow grace like you have sown your grace and your love into our hearts, Lord. And I pray for my brother Chi Ming, Lord. He spent much time before you in prayer, in preparation. Lord, use him as your instrument of instruction and grace and love. Let the meditation of his heart, guided by the Holy Spirit, be a blessing to us all as your word is preached today. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. For those of you who are new, um, we are now into this series called The Bait of Satan. It's a talk about offense. Um, Pastor Kokfai have started off with two sermons. Let me just give you a recap. Okay. The bait of, uh, bait of offense about how uh, when we are offended, that can be a bait of Satan to lure us into deeper, deeper uh, hurt as well as uh, uh, bitterness that leads us away from the Lord. And last week he talked about uh, spiritual vagabonds. Vagabonds are people who choose to leave, move from one place to another. And one of the key reasons are because of hurt. Instead of resolving that, that particular hurt, they choose to just move away and it does not solve the problem. Um, today, I'm going to just detour a bit uh, from the book, uh, Bait of Satan by John Verveer. I decided to talk about the healing from the hurt. Healing from the hurt that caused by the offense and how we can receive that particular a healing. So if you are reading the book, uh, this is a, a detour. Uh, I was preparing, then I realized that um, uh, it's good to, to have a detour. It's, it results from the conversations with my wife. Uh, I, I, I like to run through my sermon with my wife because she will give me very good perspective from a woman's perspective and she's godly and gentle. She will help me to see things in a way that I do not see it. So I was sharing, sharing with her what I'm going to share and I was talking about some people, I said, that, hey, there are some people who are hurt, and then uh, why can't they just get over with it? Just forgive, and then move on. And then she reminded me, it's not so easy. It's not so easy. If you have been offended before, uh, deeply, particularly people that are close to you, and, and particularly in the family of God, it's not easy to move on like that. Uh, it takes time. It takes time. And that made me uh, realize that, yes, 
it is true, it takes time. So I decided to speak about this area. I changed, uh, put aside all that I have prepared. We uh, redo something. Because the hurt, it is very deep. And that is why some people choose to leave. Because the hurt is too deep for them to continue on. It's very difficult. And I was preparing this, I noticed, I, I came across a character in the Bible. I'm not sure whether you know this character in the Bible. It's called Malchus. How many of you have heard of this name? Malchus. Yes, many heard of this name. Malchus. Who is this guy? It's in the New Testament. There were a group of uh, guards went to arrest Jesus at the night uh, before he was crucified. Remember that scene? And then um, Peter, Peter decided to do something. He said, no, you cannot arrest my Lord. He took out a sword and then he slashed the ear of Malchus. Malchus' ears were slashed. And what did Jesus do? Jesus healed that ear. The question is, why Apostle John mentioned his name? Why Apostle John mentioned his name? Perhaps, maybe, it's just a guess. The healing that Jesus uh, uh, blessed Malchus is, goes beyond just his ear, but into his heart. We do not know. But one thing we do know is, just, is this, that Jesus is in the business of healing those who have been hurt by his followers. Jesus is in the business of healing those who have been hurt by his followers. There might be many Malchus today in the world, and even in this congregation, I believe. Let's face it, our church, uh, made up of clumsy people, including myself, operating in fleshly motives. If you are like Malchus, have been hurt by the follower of Jesus Christ, the temptation is to continue to live your life dwelling in that hurt. But that doesn't have to be the end of the story. If you focus your gaze away from the offender, Unto Christ, you can find healing, you can find hope. It is a common thing to be hurt by the sort of offense within the church, myself included, and I have hurt people around too. Lives can be devastated, can be damaged. But the good news of this, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus is bigger than any Christian's ability to offend. God is greater than the hurt. And those who feel the pain can find healing in the simple touch offered by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, it's a sensitive topic. Maybe today, uh, sitting down here, I say that, no, I've never been hurt before. And I hope that uh, this will be a good reminder for us. Maybe you sat here today, yes, I've been hurt before by people in the church. And uh, maybe you have been hurt by me. Instead. Um, or maybe you have been hurt by people not within the church, people outside the church. Close one. And how to deal with it? How to deal with it? It's not an easy topic, not an easy journey, but I think it's good to talk about it. As I was thinking through the, about uh, people who have been hurt by others, there are various stages of dealing with the hurt. The first stage is perhaps you have been deeply hurt about an action, a word, or offence, and then it rises up within you, the anger. And then it comes to very defensive, how you were right, the other person were wrong. And then it stopped there. 
it cycles go back again to the hurt, the anger, the defensive. It hurts very defensive. And it stopped there and it stopped there and it stopped there. And it went on for a long time. Today, I want to encourage you to move on to the subsequent stages, the like six three stages, where there is acceptance and then there is forgiveness. And finally, there is healing. As I was preparing for this, I, I, I reread again a particular book that someone gave to me many years ago. It's called Exquisite Agony by Gene uh, Edwards. Gene Edwards is a famous author. He wrote the book, uh, The Parables, or The Tales of Three Kings. Uh, Tales of Three Kings. And then he wrote this book, Ex Exquisite Agony. The subtitle is um, Healing for Christians Who Have Been Hurt by Other Christians. It's an interesting, small little book. And uh, some of the pointers here came from that book. And one thing is that he parallels the hurt by Christians with Christ's crucifixions. The hurt by Christians with Christ's crucifixions. He noticed the same pattern, the same principle applied because Christ himself was hurt by people close to him. He was hurt by his own people. How did Jesus deal dealt with it? And you can learn something. So let's go through together this journey of healing from hurt. First of all, we need to acknowledge the feelings of pain, anguish, and anger. Some people choose to ignore it, minimize it. Some people choose to run away from it or hide it. And some continue to dwell in it in bitterness. But the Bible encourages us to be frank, to be open, to bring these feelings before the Lord because these feelings are real. The hurt is real. To bring it before the Lord as well as to the people close to yourself and then pour it out before the Lord. I'd like to highlight a particular psalm here. It's taken from Psalm 102, written by uh, one of the psalmists here in the context of being overwhelmed by trouble, trouble of people close to him that have hurt him, that have hurt him. If you read the... The other Psalms by David, particularly David, have been a lot, a lot of betrayal, including his own son who decided to betray him. Uh, that's another section of Psalm. The one today I want to cover Psalms 102. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plead. Don't turn away from me in my time of distress. Bend down your ear. Answer me quickly when I call to you. For my days disappear like smoke. And my bones burn like red-hot coals. My heart is sick, withered with grass, and I lost my appetite. Because of my groaning, I'm reduced to skin and bones. I'm like an owl in the desert, like a lonely owl in the faraway wilderness. I lie awake, lonely in the solitary roof, uh, in the solitary bird on the roof, as a solitary bird on the roof. Here, the psalmist was very frank, very open, and acknowledging the deep hurts, and he poured out before the Lord. He started off with verse 1 and 2, saying, God, please hear me. It's terrible to bear. And then in verse 3 to 7, he described his, his situations, his hurt. The days were consumed like the smoke. His bones are burning. Literally, he's feeling inwardly he was exhausted. His heart was withering like grass. In verse 4, he was no appetite. He was groaning with physical agony. Verse 5 and 6, he was undernourished. He felt desolated like a mournful-looking owl. 
or a bird sitting alone, and then his verse 7, his strength away. was gone. He lost so-called his will to live because of the deep pain, deep pain. So the first step in this journey is that we need to acknowledge before the Lord our feeling. And God wants us to pour out our feeling, to be honest with Him. And I believe beside just the Lord, it's also good to pour out with close one. Close one that will not just pour uh, oil into the flame, but or pour, loved one who will just um, so-called minimize your feeling of hurts, but that can empathize with you. That's very helpful. So that's the first step, is to talk to the Lord about it and pour out your heart to Him. The second step is the most difficult. The second step is to accept that this hurt is part of the will of God. This is difficult. Okay? Here, Jean Edward parallels our hurt with Christ's hurt. If you look at the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, you can ask, who caused his crucifixion? Who was behind Golgotha? Golgotha is a place where Jesus Christ was crucified. Who placed Jesus on trial? Who selected the man to scourge him? Who selected the people to drive the nails into his hands? If you were to ask the Lord Jesus Christ, his answer would be, it was my father. The same father who willed his son to be crucified is the same father who allowed us to be hurt as part of his will. The same person who crucified the Lord Jesus Christ is the same person behind our hurt. Yes, the wounding at the hand of Christians, just as like it is the Lord's, had happened to the Lord within, uh, to the, because of his very own people, it is a double pain. Come to grips about this. It's a part, as a part of the Lord's will, Father's will, it's the beginning process of healing. Take the first step and then the recovery can begin. The healing is embedded in this act of turning to the Lord and say, Lord, I accept this terrible tragedy as coming from your hand. Bitter, yes. Incomprehensible, yes. Embrace it, you must, because it is essential. If you look at the characteristic of the Lord's crucifixions, they were pain, rejection, unfairness, rumour, misunderstanding, demeaning, belittling, loss of reputation, loss of friends. If you look at this characteristic, it's quite similar to the wounds that we will experience when people hurt us. The same bruises that we receive from the hurt, it's the same as our Lord Jesus Christ. All these are part of the Lord's will, our Father's will, for us to taste it. It is a sovereign act of God who loves us. The question now is, why something so extreme? Why me? What's the good of it? Why me? Why at the hand of Christians? Why at the hands of people that I trust? Why? Well, let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane. The place where Jesus Christ struggled. Jesus Christ struggled before he went to the cross. In Mark chapter 14, verse 32 to 36, they went to a place called Gethsemane. Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here 
while I pray, he took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and he prayed, If it's possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, or Daddy, he said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Not that I will, but what we will. At the Garden of Gethsemane here, there was Jesus had a big struggle. The struggle that caused him to be deeply distressed and troubled that even in, in, in the book of Luke, his, his sweat was like drops of blood. Uh, it, it shows a man with deep, deep agony. The issue between the father and son was concerning the unjust crucifixions and the point where Jesus Christ had to be separated from the father because he was bearing the sins of men. Jesus had a difficult time facing the crucifixions. The conflicts of will did not cause Jesus to take matters on his hands. The key issue is Jesus did not want to be crucified. There was a struggle, there was a battle of the will. But after much struggle, Jesus yielded to the Father. For Jesus, it was the yielding to the Father's view of crucifixions. In the same way, for us too. There might be a, might be a possible crucif uh, conversation between the Lord Jesus Christ and His Heavenly Father. I have a will that is opposed to your will, Father. Tonight, our wills move in opposite directions. It is I who you. I place my opinion concerning this matter at the altar of sacrifice. Let the events continue. Let men do the will of God. Let me be crucified. And he went to the cross. He bore our sins. That is why we are here today. <clears throat> you and I, when we are wounded, we have the permission to feel the pain and the fear. But we also have the example of our Lord, that is to you. To you that all that is contrary, contrary to us. We cannot do it. It is impossible. But Christ, who has yielded, He dwells within us. Yield to His yieldedness, allowed His divine life, of which you are now a partaker, to swallow up your human life. He can do a Gethsemane again in you. And throughout church history, you see that happening. <clears throat> Even in the book of uh, Acts, you see uh, Stephen. He was standing up for the Lord. He was preaching to the people that was close to him. These are his fellow people but he was stoned to death. But yet he accepted as part of God's will and then he yielded his life. He gave his life. And throughout church history, there are many examples of people who gave up their life because they were misunderstood by the people of God. People like John Wycliffe, John Hus, William Tyndale. These are the people who decided to accept that this is part of God's will, which is a very difficult step. And if you can pass that particular step, that's where we go to the third one. You'll be, you'll, be, you'll be open to apprehend or to understand what's the purpose of that wounding? What's the purpose of that wounding? <clears throat> that wounding, <clears throat> it can reveal, it can destroy. Only my reviews. In other words, 
it can expose what is deep within us. What is deep within us. Sometimes we, we tell the Lord, Lord, I want to do your will. Take me as I am. Do anything. And that's come the time of testing, time of revelation, what is deep inside our heart. Our reaction to the people who wound us will show the extent of how much we know the depth of Christ's forgiveness in our life. At the same time, to see our defences. And then God want, allowed this wounding to happen, to reveal and to destroy this part of self so that He can do a cleansing work, a beautiful work within our heart. If you accept this nightmare ordeal as part of God's sovereign work, then you can yield, if you yield to His will, then He can begin to have His will in your life. Suddenly, not only is it a deep cut, but it's also a holy work of God. Things that need destruction can begin to be destroyed. And God transformations can take place. Crucifixions in your life, the wounding in your life, if properly embraced, will ultimately make you far more than you were. But it can also destroy you if you refuse to do that, the acceptance and uh, fail to understand this particular purpose. But if you understand this purpose and then you see that God you are in the process of molding and helping me to grow and to understand the depth of God's love for us, the depth of God's forgiveness for us and the reviews. And that's when we can start to heal. And that's a very important step. And finally, this journey ends with the anticipations of the new life that, res that resulted. After crucifixion came what? Resurrections. After the wounding, the, uh, the healing can take place. Then a new life will emerge from our life. The cross must precede resurrections. The second is impossible without the first. The goal of God in allowing His Christians to be so-called crucified, so-called to be wounded, is to bring a person to a place of living which is beyond these visible creations, living in the new creations where the past has evaporated into nothing. <clears throat> if you look at the Bible, there's one person who, go to, who have gone through this and then you see a new life emerge. Pastor Kokfai have mentioned it in the first message. It's none other than uh, Joseph. Joseph. Let me just recap again the story of Joseph. He was a young man, 16, 17, excited, share his dream about his brothers bowing down before him and then later on his parents and his brother couldn't take it anymore out of jealousy, sold him away as a slave. Imagine uh, God's, uh, your brother selling you away. So I was thinking of who are the brothers in our church here that I can use as an example. I could think of a few brothers. I know uh, Paul and Jimmy, the older ones. And then Zachary, who is his poor son, and uh, Matthew. Imagine one of them uh, decided to sell the other away into slavery. <laughs> uh, imagine that kind of hurt. And that's the same kind of hurt that uh, Joseph experienced. <clears throat> so he was dragged into slavery, 
And then he rose up the rank. Again, he was uh, accused wrongly, ended up in jail. And through the sovereign word of God, later on, he was released. He became the second most powerful man in Egypt. In the process, he met his brother. And then he wanted to test whether his brother is really changed. And I also, it's a time where he wanted to reconcile with his past. After that, he said this to his brother. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He was, he was able to come to the point to accept this is part of God's will. God will it for me to be wounded by my own brother. God will it. And I accept it. And he shared it with his brothers. It is not you, but God who sent me. And later on, uh, their father passed away. The brothers was very fearful. Maybe uh, Joseph forgive us because he wanted to give face to the father, father Jacob. So they were afraid and they came to Joseph again. And Joseph assured them again, the next part in Genesis chapter 50. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended it to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what has been done, the saving of many lives. So do not be afraid. I will provide for you. He assured them and spoke kindly. That's healing. Though the Bible didn't record his hurt feeling, I believe there is because the way he named his son Manasseh, God have helped me to overcome my bitterness. It shows that there is a reconciliation in his heart able to accept that hurt, he accepted, uh, acknowledged his hurt, accept it from the Lord, and he understand the purpose of it. And then he anticipate a new life ahead. Man meant it for evil. God meant it for evil? No. God meant it for good. God meant it for good. And that helped him. So this journey Towards healing, it takes time. It takes time. But it is possible. It is possible. Uh, I want to share with you and with two stories here. One is, uh, I have a friend who had been deeply hurt by fellow Christians. He was serving in a particular ministry. Uh, very close. He was very active. He was in charge of the ministry. And then there was a particular brother in the ministry, a leader, who had to leave the ministry because of a change of life stage. So when this brother left, there was a, a hole, and therefore my friend began to bring in new people into the picture. And then they began to serve the ministry. And then his friends, after some time, a few years, came back to the ministry. But he came back, the ministry looked different because of the new people. And he was not happy with the new people, not happy with the new system. So he began to badmouth these new people. He talks bad, negative things about these people. So my friend decided that maybe uh, he need to speak nicely, but he was very gentle, hinted, hinted. But this brother who badmouthed didn't get the hint. And then things go on. The ministry get, get tough. And then they have a meeting. My friend had a meeting with a few other leaders to talk about how to confront this brother. 
somehow, unfortunately, the content of the discussion of the meeting was leaked out. And then my the, the brother who was hurt began to hear about this. And then he began to become, uh, he began to slander and badmouth my friend to the point where my friend cannot continue into the ministry. So he left the ministry, felt very hurt because of the so-called the words, the rumors that were spread by this friend. And he left bitter and he could not serve in the ministry though he was serving in other ministry, but it was difficult. And it passed for three years. Three years. Keep on the... The, the thing that is in his mind is, I should have said this. I should have said that. He shouldn't have said this. He shouldn't have said that. I should have countered this. I should have exposed him. I should have do this. I should have done that. And come to a point where his wife said that, I think it is time that you move on. Why don't you confess this particular hurt of yours to a few close friends of yours. And as he bring it up to the Lord and to his friends, confess it, then healing begins to take place. Begin to accept that, yes, the Lord is using this wound to expose the areas of his life that need to be exposed so that God can do a new work within him. And after that confessions, healings begin to take place new joy, new excitement for ministry. And then he began to serve, come back to the ministry and was able to serve and bless. But it is not complete. He felt that the cycle had to continue where the time where he needed to go back to the friend who had wounded him and apologize for the part that he had done wrong. Of course, the other party had done wrong. Many times, we only see one side and the other person had done wrong uh, I'm always on the right side. But in the process of the conflict, I'm sure uh, it works both ways. There are certain things that we have done. So he felt that that part is yet to be completed, but he planned to move towards that direction. So as we look at the wounds today in our lives, it's time to, to come to the Lord, bring it before the Lord and say, God, I want to acknowledge that they are deeply hurt. And I'm willing to accept this hurt as part of your will. You will it to happen. Why? Because you want to expose areas in my life. You want to deal with areas in my life that need to be dealt with. And I want to anticipate from the healing, the new life that can come out of it. At the time to let go so that we can move on. I want to end with this uh, story. One day there was two priests that was walking through the countryside. As they were walking, they noticed an old lady by the river, want to cross the river. She was upset because there was no bridge that she can use to cross the river. So the first priest kindly offered, we will carry you across if you like. She accepted graciously, thank you. So both of them join hands and then lift up, lift up the old lady and carry her across the river. When they got to the other side, they set her down and then she went her way, they went their way. After walking for one kilometer, the second priest began to complain. Look at my clothes. 
They are dirty because of carrying this old lady across the, the river. And look, look at my back. It still hurts from lifting her. I can feel it's getting stiffer and stiffer. The first priest simply just smiled and nodded his head. A few more kilometers down the road, the second man complained again. My back is hurting so badly. It is all because we had to carry the silly old lady across the river. I could not go any further because of the pain. The first priest looked down at his partner, now lying on the ground, moaning. Then he asked the second priest, have you wondered why I am not complaining? Your back hurts because you are still carrying the woman. I have set her down five kilometers ago. In the same way, many of us are dealing with the people that have hurt us. We can be like the second priest who could not let go. We hold the pain of the past, carry the burden because of something they did years ago. It is time to let go. And let the Lord can do the healing. And I want like to end this time asking the musicians to come forward to, to sing a song. As you sing the song, if you have been hurt before, either by people of this church, outside the church, or people close to you, or people even in people in the workplace, and you want to let go, you want to let the Lord to heal you, I invite you, you can come forward. Let us pray with you. Let us pray with you. Lay it before the altar and say, Lord, yes, I don't understand this. It is painful, but I'm willing to accept that it is part of your will. And I'm ready to understand why you are doing this for me. And I want to anticipate the new life that, that comes up as a result of this hope. So, take this time. Shall we rise?
like to give us some time right now where you can spend with the Lord in prayer. If you have been hurt, let's bring this hurt to the Lord. Or if you know that people have been hurt, let us take this time also to pray for them. We have a lot of time. I'd like to give us this time for you to just with the Lord. And if you want people to pray with you, please feel free to come to the altar. respond. Please come forward and let us pray with you. I'd like to invite the deaconess. the second stanza. Oh, 
Just high above, but you are God who understands what it means to be betrayed, what it means to be wounded by your own people. Your disciple left you and denied you. You like you let your people to crucify you, and you accept this as the Father's will. And there you suffered for us, so you understand, Lord, our pain—the pain of betrayal, the pain of being wounded. And I thank you that, Lord, today you are here. You are here to heal the wound, so that God, we do not have to carry that burden any further. It is time for us to just lay it at the cross. Father, I want to just pray today for those who are carrying these wounds for some time, some years. Today, I pray that Lord, it'll be a time where we just release it to you and let you do the healing, so that God, we can move on, we can let go, we can forgive. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you understand us. Thank you, Lord. We, I pray for those who have this pain that today, Father, you will start this work, work of healing. We thank you, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. For those of those us who still need prayer, please feel free to come forward. Your altar is still open. The rest can just move quietly.